Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, it's happening. Matt, it's all happening. It's happening. Um, So my prediction at the beginning of the year, if you remember, actually at the end of 2021, was that every Sondheim show would get a major revival. I originally said in New York. I feel like you've given me permission to expand that. Yeah, um, especially since we both kind of had the same thing simultaneously. And then I don't remember what my second one was. But yeah, I think that's only fair. I think bigger production or like, yeah, bigger productions at bigger companies like Barrington that are at least adjacent to. It has Broadway names. And I like that Barrington one is like star study so i know know. but i would have counted the muni sweeney tide yeah but i don't have to anymore don't have to we'll we'll get to that here in a minute Uh, but before we get into it uh, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Jennifer McHugh and I uh, have a scheduled recording session for our annual Wish, Want, and Will episode for the Emmy Awards that will be coming up. Ah. So we will have that new episode of Some Like It Pop coming up to you sometime between now and uh, when the Emmys happen. I believe that's on... Um, I guess that would be September 12th, 12th, I think. Yeah, Yeah, September 12th. So we'll have that coming up for you. She is also going to talk about, um, see, she saw some things, uh, or saw, she saw MJ in New York, uh, in her first trip back to uh, a Broadway show in a while since before the pandemic. Wow. Uh, And she also watched 13, the musical, which I'm going to try to do before we record. So we'll talk about all that stuff. You can hear that episode, uh, in Patreon before anywhere else. I mean, perhaps only there, depending on how we feel about it, but. All right, let's get into the news. We have been hinting at this for a while now, and I basically gave the thinnestly veiled yeah. clues that I could possibly come up with it's on true. the first of my two stints hosting this week on Broadway earlier this month. Um, but Philip Boroff from the Broadway Journal is reporting that Josh Groban and Anna Lee Ashford will be leading an upcoming Broadway revival of Sweeney Todd mm-hmm. to be directed by Tommy Kale and produced by Jeffrey Seller. Um, if you want to go back, I forget when it was in the episode of This Week on Broadway, but Michael Portantier asked me, because I'd mentioned, I uh, you know, I, I was talking about seeing the Muni production, and I said I thought it was really good. He said, well, who knows? Maybe they can transfer or something. Or maybe saying maybe Carbon Cusack will get to do it on Broadway someday. I said, well, only if she replaces in this upcoming revival, because she's not the one leading it. And Michael yeah. asked me who I thought it would be, or if I knew who it would be. And I said, well, I'm not going to say, but it's a Tony winner who has done a Sondheim revival True. and has been doing it. CBS sitcom and has a great New Year's Eve album that was recorded at 54 Below. so thinly veiled. Wow. (laughs) And then then Sweeney is going to be played by a Broadway vet who previously hosted the Tonys with a colleague and is actually known more for the music world. So I feel like I nailed those And his name rhymes with Rosh Robin. Yes. uh, Yeah. Uh, It does not rhyme, really. But anyway. It does rhyme. um, would Sondheim it's just, accept it's just, Robin no, and Groban? Of course not, but it's as thinly veiled of a rhyme as yes, those, that's a very those, good point. those hints were veiled. Yeah, so um, if you listen to that episode, you knew this was coming. But what's interesting about Borov's report is that unlike the previous Broadway revivals, most recently the uh, the Cerverus and Lapone version mm-hmm. where everybody played their own instruments, yeah. this Broadway revival of the Hugh Wheeler and Stephen Sondheim show is slated to be a pretty dang big production. Yes. As Seller is 
actively raising $14.5 million to mount the show. The revival is planning to come to Broadway in the spring of 2023 at the 1500-seat Lunt Theater. That's the rumored landing spot, but mm-hmm. I have not had that confirmed. Um, and even Boroff says that's just the rumor. Yeah. Um, but he also reports that the show will have a weekly running cost of $840,000, not including royalties and a percentage of the box office that goes to rent. I'll put it up. That it's fine. Be, I got it. Yeah. That would mean that if the show hits 100% of its gross potential throughout its run, it would recoup in six months, but it would be about 10 and a half to 11 months if it only pulled in two thirds of its gross potential. Now, I think based on what we saw with Groban and Great Comet, that thing sold mm-hmm. really well just on him alone because yeah. as soon as he left, it bottomed out. So there's certainly the potential of him himself selling the show well enough to to be maybe not 100%, but closer to that end than the two-thirds. And that's not taking into account the phenomenal Annalie Ashford, whoever else they get in the company, whatever Tommy Kale does with the staging. And of course, the sentimentality and the, the draw of Sondheim and his yep, passing exactly. has on the show as well. This show obviously comes on the heels of companies closing with Into the Woods still, sell- still selling like gangbusters at the St. James right now. Whether it extends into the spring or not remains to be seen. And then, of course, the New York Theater Workshop production of Merrily We Roll Along. Um that is is slated to run through December, I think, right now. January 8th, it, I think. Maybe January 8th. Uh, that's right. Opens in December. That's coming to Broadway. Like, yes, of course. There's, there's no questions. Um, Maria Friedman's sister, Sonia Friedman, is, has money in the production. And as much as she loves her sister, Sonia Friedman is not putting in a whole bunch of money just to uh, do the show no, at NYTW. Sure. <laughs> um, so it's coming. Whether it is this spring or fall, I've heard conflicting things. I don't think there's been an answer on that yet. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there is this. Actually, I, I know you can't believe that there is ever such a thing. But from a producer's perspective, I do wonder if they start to think, is there too much Sondheim for the market to sustain? But I do think given the stars of like Groban and Ashford and Groff and Radcliffe, like I don't think that really matters in this Mm -mm. situation. Um, But we bandied about some possibilities in the group chat grace threw out ellery ward as a potential joanna since she just finished up a concert tour with groban and i propositioned patrick page as judge turpin that would be a (laughs) that would be a pretty white cast for me yeah yeah i mean it would be a pretty white cast and i guess pretty comma white and Mm -hmm. pretty no comma white but do you have any thoughts on additional casting choices the beggar woman tobias pirelli beetle bamford anybody else no, yet. I'm not 100% sure. That's something, you know, we keep talking about Josh Henry. I'd love to see him work his way into another Sondheim production. Um, I, like I said in the group chat, my Mrs. Lovett eternally that I would like to see would be Amber Gray, mm-hmm. which would have to be a replacement. Um, but more so, like, on the note, as far as whether producers could think that there might be too much Sondheim, right? Yeah, because how how could I not? Uh, I feel like in any year, that would not be the case, but especially in a year right after his death and a year in a city 
where there is a theater named after him a couple blocks max from whatever theater your show is going to be in. I don't see that being the case. I know everybody wants to be in a Sondheim production right now, and we keep talking about Into the Woods and how it could run for a while because so many actors want to do it, understandably so. So, you know, I think this is going to keep happening, um, even if it's not full stage productions, but like you predicted, maybe these one-off yeah. major concerts or whatever. I'm so excited for this. This has been rumored for a bit and now it seems to be happening officially. And like I told you and Grace, like the thing that I am most excited about is that they are making it sound like it's going to be full orchestration. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get the big, beautiful sound. And you know, I have loved the previous revivals that have been more toned down, especially the Barrow Street one, which was phenomenal. Um, Oh my God, it was so good. I loved it so, so much. I wish I could have seen it more than I did. Um, but hearing that score, which is to me Sondheim's most perfect score, completely in full orchestra the year after his death. I mean, or at this, that point, two years after his death, but the first major revival since his death. I think that is the best way to do it and to honor him. Yeah. I, this is gonna, I mean, this is going to kill me. Like I just, I might move into the Lunt Fontaine yeah. because of How this. How could you not? Because, <laughs> because my God. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if, if Tommy will dip into the, um, dip into the, the Hamilton in the Heights tree to bring anybody along for some of these other roles. I, 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 you know, I mean, could, could Pippa be a, uh, a Joanna? Could I don't know. Uh, I I think I, she she might be a little old at this point now true. to play oh, yeah, to play true. Josh Groban's daughter. I mean, uh, yeah. Although although he you know we've seen you you can pad him and dark and gray up his temples and make him look older like they did in uh in Comet. But but there's plenty of other people who have been through that show um since then that that could very well play a lot of these parts. So um is this is this where Ukarite and Adawan comes back to Broadway as Beetle Bamford. Yeah. No, probably not. That's nah. probably actually a little out of his vocal range. <laughs> nah. But um but it'd be interesting. I would definitely like to see what they do there. But speaking of Hamilton, yesterday we had an update on this absolutely bonkers story about the Door McAllen Church in Texas <sighs> doing two illegal performances of Hamilton in which they just decided to take the show, rework it so that it was all about um these pseudo Christian anti gay and LGBTQ beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the church issued a statement, um, yesterday saying, quote, on behalf of the Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church, I would like to personally apologize to the creator of Hamilton, Lynn Memo Miranda, the producers of Hamilton, and the numerous others who contributed their intellectual property to Hamilton for staging an unauthorized production of Hamilton that infringed on the rights and copyrights of many. The Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church did not ask for or receive a license from the producers or creators of Hamilton to produce, stage, replicate, or alter any part of Hamilton, nor did we seek prior permission to alter Lynn Memo Miranda's work by changing the music, the lyrics, deleting songs, and adding dialogue we respect <laughs> this is just hilarious we respect the copyrights of hamilton which has 
two apostrophes in there for some reason. Hamilton's authors and contributors. These copyrights are protected by federal law. We acknowledge there were lawful avenues to obtain a license to stage properties, which we did not pursue. And it is never permissible to alter an artistic work such as Hamilton without legal permission. I recognize as the pastor of the church that I have an obligation and responsibility to follow the law and educate our community about these protocols. Our ministry will use this moment as a learning opportunity about protected artistic works and intellectual property. On behalf of the Door <laughs> Christian Fellowship McAllen Church, we agree that we will never stage the performance again and will destroy any and all video or sound recordings and images <laughs> of the unauthorized performances or rehearsals and request that all our members do the same. Lastly, we will pay damages for our actions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I guess give unto Caesar what is yeah, Caesar's. Sure. Um, but like, this is just such a ludicrous statement. It's First off, bold. just saying the word Hamilton a bazillion times in the letter doesn't make it sound better. But like, this is something that this church has done over and over and over and over yeah. again with like Disney stuff and Marvel and all of these other things. Like, this is not something that they've never heard of, like copyright protections. Yeah, of course they not. Just, this is the first time that somebody deemed them worthy enough to go after because they were Hamilton. just cockroaches. Right. Because they were, I mean, Dis- well, I'm a little surprised that Disney hasn't before because is Disney is true. known for this stuff. But maybe it's just because this church just seemed like a little cockroach that they didn't care about enough in the past. I, guess. Uh, I can guarantee you if they ever try this again. Um, they will get similar cease and desist orders from whatever other IP owners are there. But this is just ludicrous and offensive. <laughs> it's just bold. It's so bold. I, we already talked about it um, a couple – I think it was Grace that yeah, talked whenever, about yeah. it and then you and Grace before that. But it's just like it's one thing to rep, you know, put on a production without any – license it's one thing to completely yeah. alter it with the exact opposite messages that the creators stand for and think it's going to fly completely under the radar even if you are a teeny tiny church it doesn't matter social and media they're exists teeny, they're probably not teeny tiny but like social no, media exists it's gonna it's gonna find its way especially when you're putting out clips yourselves yeah. like oh uh a-holes. Anyway, all right, <laughs> let's move on to talk about our sponsor for this week, Todaytix. This is a place you can get actually authorized tickets to productions Whoa. that have secured the rights to have uh, performances on stage. Uh, I know that when I go, the first thing that I look for for tickets is on Todaytix to make sure that they are legally authorized and licensed <laughs> productions. Um, Todaytix should have a little... Uh, filter for that. No, everything yeah, on Today Takes is, is legal, of course. Um, and as I am plotting out my schedule for this fall, the two show, two trips to this fall, um, I, I will obviously be using Today Takes early, often, and as many times as humanly possible because Today Takes is a one-stop shop for theater tickets that has the best value on tickets to Broadway and beyond. All you have to do is visit todaytakes.com or download the app to see what they have to offer and find the perfect shows for you. And getting tickets is incredibly easy with the Today Takes app. You can get tickets in like 30 seconds and have them there on your phone for whenever you go to see the show. Yeah, it's not just you. I've got so many friends that are coming to New York in the next few months that are just like, what show should I see? How should I get tickets? And it's just like, the first place I point people to is Today Takes. That's 
mainly because, you know, besides everything else, but mainly because of how flexible they are. You know, if you come to New York, your schedule is going to change a million times because you want to fit in everything. Mm -hmm. But TodayTix allows you to book tickets months in advance. You can do it day of. And they give you access to exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lottery programs to sold out shows, and even day of discounted tickets. It's not just Broadway, though. It's not just the West End. No matter where you're traveling to, you can find tickets in cities across the country and around the world. That includes Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, and more. See that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytakes.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Takes purchase. That's promo code Broadway at todaytakes, T-I-X dot com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. Todaytakes.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway. All right, Ashley, back into the news. The pickings are slim on Broadway right now as there were only 20 shows running on the main stem last week, down three from the previous frame, even though only two shows closed, which we'll get into here in a second. So that means that last week's Broadway grosses declined 19% or just about $5,330,000. Overall, receipts totaled $22,232,527. Attendance also declined by 15% to come in at $181,780. And 85 butts in seats. Eight of the 20 shows saw week over week increases led by Into the Woods, jumping up $78,641, followed by Come From Away at $68,567. Then Mr. Saturday Night, Wicked Chicago, The Kite Runner, Moulin Rouge, and Hamilton, also picking up a little bit extra money from the church down in Texas. Despite (laughs) being the top show on Broadway in terms of percent capacity, due to a few canceled performances, Dear Evan Hansen saw the biggest dip of the week. They actually only did six shows last week, so that Mm. makes total sense. But they did dropped $238,000. But as I said, they did have the highest uh, attendance percentage last week coming in at 101.27% of capacity. Gotta love those Stranger uh, Stranger Things fans coming to uh, support Catton. Aladdin was the only eight-show production from last week to have a six-figure dip, declining $123,681 last week. But trust me, it's still doing fine. (laughs) Now, that interesting quirk in the schedule is that Music Man took all of last week off rather than running the show while Hugh Jackman was out for whether it was vacation or or some sort of scheduling thing. They just had a pre-planned gap in their schedule. They had the week off. They also welcomed uh, welcomed in some new cast members. Um, So this was a perfect time for them to take a week off. off. Yeah, absolutely. So that allowed Hamilton to climb back to Broadway's top spot with $2,198,662, followed by Into the Woods at $2.8 The Lion King at $1.98 MJ at $1.73, and Wicked at $1.59. The rest... Of the Seven Figures Club in descending order, of course, is Cursed Child, the aforementioned Aladdin, Moulin Rouge, and Six. The Kite Runner, poor little Kite Runner, yeah. uh, the only play currently running on Broadway, despite the fact that it picked up nearly $13,000 over the previous frame, was the lowest grossing show on Broadway by a lot. Uh, it came in at $276,804. Chicago was the next lowest grossing show, but it was just under $541,000. So... Ooh, it's a weird rough. time for the kite runner to come. I wonder if it's just the only time that they could possibly get. I a house. guess so. Yeah, but ooh. so 
Either way, Funny Girl continued its decline post Beanie Feldstein, which I wasn't sure that it would do, but it certainly has. But also, again, taking into the factors that the, uh, as the time of year that it is, Broadway mm-hmm. attendance is going down anyway. But it came in as the third from bottom show at $588,000. It will be interesting to see what happens after Labor Day when eh. Leah Michelle joins the show. I think it will shoot up. Probably. Um, pretty high how long it sustains that will be another story um totally. will it just be the the looky lose from the theater community that know all of the drama that want to see what the the fuss is all about or will it have any sort of sustained gleek attention that will continue to keep it in the higher ranks of the broadway grosses through the end of the year no yeah maybe um but we will definitely see all right, real quick, we've got some other show and casting news that I want to talk about. First up, in, in a story that is very exciting to me because this tour is coming to Orlando uh, later this fall, but the North American tour of Town has announced new casting beginning on October 4th in Houston, Texas. And I got to tell you, I am freaking pumped about this. The new <laughs> Hermes will be, one, somebody I've interviewed before uh, for Broadway World. I don't think it was Broadway Radio. Nathan Lee Graham yeah. is going to be playing Hermes. Like how – and that's – Very good. That's honestly incredible casting. Uh, Maria Christina Oliveris will be playing Persephone. Matthew Patrick Quinn will play Hades. And Hannah Whitley uh, will play Eurydice. Um uh, Chibuzi Ahuma, who originally started in the uh, Workers' Chorus, took over as Orpheus when um, when Nicholas Barish left to do The Butcher Boy off-Broadway uh, in June. Um, he will continue to play Orpheus uh, starting then. This cast is scheduled to remain with the tour through spring of 2024. Obviously, because of the, the, the fact that the tour was supposed to start before the pandemic and then everything got changed. Contracts were all wonky. Um, so that's why they're trying to get on a more t- traditional schedule running through the spring season there. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to see this. In news across the pond, one of the, I don't know, dozen or so musicals that have been announced about Tammy Faye Baker has <laughs> actually announced some of its casting. This was the one um, featuring a score by Elton John and Scissor Sisters uh, frontman Jake Shears with a book by James Graham. Um, this one is called Tammy Faye, and it will be making its world premiere at the Almeida Theater in London uh, in um in the fall, I guess October 13th is when the first performance is set to run. And, um, it is directed by Rupert Gould and the cast will feature Katie Braben, who, um, was an Olivier Award winner and starred in Beautiful in London as Tammy Faye. Um, Olivier Award nominee Zubin Varla as Jerry Falwell and. Tony nominee and stage and screen favorite Andrew Reynolds yeah. as Jim Baker. Okay, sure. Yeah. Let's go. He only like likes it. he only likes complicated um religious figures apparently only for his brother. Play in Jim Baker from now on apparently. Yeah, that's too. true. That's true. Very good. Tony nominee Jim Baker. <laughs> Quite similar but. or not dissimilar looking ones too. Yeah, they're generic dark-haired white guys (laughs) so there you go this is no excuse to not be as camp as possible i'm gonna be so mad if it turns out to be another devil wears prada it's elton john and jake shears i I mean i guess the devil wears prada of it all maybe that makes it but like jake shears does he not do camp no i I I mean mean, the scissor sisters the best. We will see. Um, the final story comes from the Toronto Star, in which they have reported that the recent UK national tour of Joseph Demi's A Technicolor Dreamcoat will be coming to uh, to Toronto um, starting in December for eight to ten weeks. 
and that this uh, this run is aimed to be a test for a potential Broadway transfer. Um, this tour is an extension of the previous um, Olivier-nominated revival that was on uh, in the West End starring mm-hmm. Jack, uh, Jack Yarrow. He will be continuing in the title role in the show. I feel like if you're going to do this, uh, I don't know that you can do this show on Broadway without like Broadway stars. No, so, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think like this will be interesting to see how they handle this, but not going to be with this cast. I, <sighs> I can't. I can't imagine. A good, can't imagine a starter cast, but a good one, hopefully, nonetheless. Yeah. All right. Real quick, our feel good recommendation. I'm not going to say anything because I want to keep this spoiler free as possible. Thank you. But, oh, you haven't watched it yet. I know. Only murders in the building season two finale dropped on Tuesday, the day we're recording. Obviously, not only are there just immense amounts of Broadway people in it the whole season baby Nathan Lane is in it um Jackie Hoffman and of course the season revolves around the murder of Bunny Folger played by the great and the good uh Jane Howdy shell and then of course you know Tony winner Martin Short and Tony nominee Steve Martin um lead the cast along with Selena Gomez and there's uh Divine Joy Randolph is that was that what her name she was the she was uh, the Whoopi Goldberg part in uh, Ghost the Musical on Broadway she's fantastic she's in there too Michael Rappaport who's been on Broadway Tina Fey who's written a show for Broadway Amy uh Amy Schumer who has been on Broadway and Cara Devlin who sat two rows in front of me on Broadway to see uh, Jagged Little Pill so um but it's great it's fantastic they so freaking nail the ending and a Broadway show plays uh, heavily into this episode. So just going to throw that in there for if you need any extra reasons to uh, to uh, to watch this one on Hulu. So highly recommend. If you haven't watched it at all before, catch up on both seasons. It is very much worth it. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broader Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.